the Youth Workshop Podcast, episode 59. Awesome. And that's it, Frank. Quick Great. That wasn't too bad. No, thank you so much. You were great. Literally, the time flew by. I just... You bring the passion. We bring the knowledge. Learn from the most creative, innovative, and experienced youth experts across the globe. Are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level? If the answer is yes, you are in the right place. The Youth Workshop, the podcast. Here's your host, Luke White. Hey Workshoppers, it's me, Luke White, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Youth Workshop Podcast. I'm so excited to bring you today's special guest. And just a quick note before we go there, I wanted to remind you that we have a Facebook group called the Youth Workshop. I want you to join that group. I want you to leave your comments, your feedback, your questions, anything youth ministry related, and we'll be happy to get involved and speak with you there. That's the Youth Workshop, a Facebook group, especially for all of you amazing listeners out there. So my guest today, I discovered him while cruising the internet searching for great youth ministry content and lo and behold, this man came across my radar. I read an article of his and I've been hooked ever since. I'm excited to have him on the podcast. His name is Frank Colarusso and here he is. Let's go. Well, my name is is Frank. I'm uh, I'm the director of sales at a camp in uh, Texas, Colorado, and Oklahoma. I've spent over a decade in youth ministry in the form of Christian camping. And so I've worked at camps in uh, Michigan, Indiana, and now uh, this camp that's in three different states. Wow. And is this, so it's three camps every single year? Yes, there's three different camps, and so we're running uh, traditional youth camp. We're also running family camp and then retreat ministry where we're serving the local church and um, basically working with youth pastors and help, helping them host their retreats with us. Cool. And uh, one of the, I guess, how we like to start here on the youth workshop, one of our kind of initial questions is um, how did you end up <laughs> this field of this is all I, it's funny how many times I get that exact reaction yeah how 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 did you end up down this specific line of work you know and this calling that is a really good question um I think um a lot of us have been to summer camp in various forms and when I was in third grade uh my mom said you're going to camp and so um she saved up the money and we went to camp me and my my brothers and um that's really I knew Christ before that but it's really where I came to an understanding of who the Lord was um and what he he really meant to me and so basically I would go through my, my yearly life and then every summer I knew for a week I was going back to camp and I felt like every year I was just understanding more about God and growing closer to him. And so um, when the time came to have a summer job, of course I chose to work at camp and then I was in college and I didn't know where, what to study. So I studied several different things until I finally uh, settled on uh, actually going into elementary education. I didn't know if I wanted to go into youth ministry or if I wanted to be in business or if I wanted to work at camp. But I knew I loved camp. And I knew if I had a background in teaching, I could go into either the church world or the camp world um, pretty well. And so 
I studied elementary education and then went immediately into a full-time job at camp where I realized that camp was way more about just working with kids, but you also work with the adults and the, the youth leaders. Um, and then as my journey has progressed, have become fully invested in just working with the church and uh, finding out how I can get to know youth pastors, get to know their needs, and then find how my, uh, my camp can serve them. Fantastic. You know, it's interesting. I've read in a few places just how powerful camps and retreats can be in terms of they can really accelerate, um, I guess, the, the, the bond and the friendship building amongst the, those who attend um, and also with God. Would you say, has that been your experience rather? Oh, know? absolutely. Why, why is that? Why is that? Yeah, there's a lot of different theories as to why. I think the first thing that comes to mind is just the we're so distracted today when uh, you can't even get from your front door to the office without getting a text or an email or something coming on the radio that that makes you feel some sort of emotion, usually angry the way our news is going today. <laughs> um, but when you're at camp, it, it really strips all that away. And you're forced to focus on the other in, others in the room. And so we're, uh, you used to sit at home on your phone in the evening. You're now forced to talk to people or play games or just be <laughs> relational. Um, and then there is something about an overnight where uh, the traditional youth experience where you're, you go to youth group for a few hours and then go home, you can easily hide for a few hours if you're uncomfortable or you want to be introverted or you don't want to share something on your heart. But if you're there for a few nights, um, it's a lot harder to hide for that long length of a period of time. And so uh, in my experience, I see a lot of kids start to open up. There's also a lot of research that shows um, that even kids with uh, traditional nuclear families that have two believing parents need uh, a third party essentially in their life to be an influence of Christ to them, whether that's a youth pastor or a counselor at camp or a trusted friend or friend's parents. Um, and so at camp, we get to be that third voice, which is just a, a fun thing to be. Fantastic. I love that. I love that. Okay. Tell us now, what are some of the biggest mistakes people tend to make when arranging their own retreat? And what was one of maybe the biggest mistakes that you've made in your journey? Yeah. <laughs> Two great questions. Um, so I talked to a lot of different people arranging uh, their retreats and just trying to come out and, and have a good time and, um, and, and, you know, serve their youth that way. And I think the biggest mistake is, is coming in with the, with the wrong attitude. I've seen people come in super casual and have a great time and then have people come in super um, structured and have a great time. And really the only deciding factor between the two are the attitudes. And are you going to be a person that goes with the flow? Um, I mean, camp, you're, there's so many varying factors with buses and, and uh, meal service and everything where you never know what might happen, what might go wrong. Someone might get sick. Mm -hmm. But if you're just going with the flow and remember the end goal, so is the end goal for an awesome production, an awesome weekend, or for the kids to bond together? And if it's for the kids to bond, well, if you're on the way to camp and your bus breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road for six hours, <laughs> that's something the kids are going to remember. And it's not going to be fun, but it's going to help bond them together and break down some barriers. And so <laughs> just keeping that perspective, I think, um, you know, so one of the, I guess to sum up the mistake is just coming in with the wrong attitude. Um, and then as far as I go, I think 
the biggest mistake for me which just in my career which is so funny in ministry is I just wanted um I was in my earlier stages of my career looking for affirmation in in my job and um which is again so funny because it's ministry you're not getting paid a lot it's not really about anything besides the lord but I saw myself getting angry and frustrated and I didn't know why. And then I started, I started diving into it more. I realized that I was wanting the attention. I was wanting the affirmation. I was wanting um, the roles and opportunities versus trusting the Lord with um, all that was given to me and, and trusting him with the result. Wow. Wow. That's really quite profound. I mean, I know for many of us listening, that's we probably fall in, um, fallen foul to that mistake how what advice do you have then specifically for those who find themselves and I'm putting you on the spot but, <laughs> but I mean, maybe just digging into how you've kind of navigated that um how can we begin to I don't know do better obviously it's not an overnight fix but you know begin to acknowledge that and maybe plot a better path um, great question that. yeah yeah, for me, it was definitely more just through life experience. And so, um, and, you know, after spending some time at one position and, and not being happy, finding another place to go and serve with a, a different title and, and realizing that I was ha- experiencing problems at the new place, there's no, uh, you know, final fix. Mm. So I guess the best advice is to stay faithful where you are and serve, you know, faithfully where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've heard a lot lately and we might get into a little bit later is mm-hmm. um, never run from something, but always run to something. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, you know, so if you're discontent with where you are in your career or how uh, the responsibilities you have, it's not about leaving that job and running away. But if something comes up, you know, obviously run to it, but also run to the opportunities in front of you. Um, another another quote that is thrown around a lot is if uh, if the if the grass is greener on the other side, uh, then water the grass we're standing on. Mm. And um, that's something that's really resonated with me because it, mm-hmm. it's really true. If if you focus on whatever you're standing on and focus on cultivating that, all mm-hmm. of a sudden it it starts growing, or you know you're you're more connected to it and you feel better about it. And also, people tend to take notice to people who are faithful. And if so, if you're working hard and on your own plot, um, to him who's faithful with little will be given much. So mm, that is. So I've never thought of it from the perspective of, um, I guess, others looking in and thinking, actually, yeah, I need someone who's committed. I need someone who's reliable. Okay, who's being committed and reliable rather than the person who is looking for the uh, the, the escape door to where they currently are. But it's really quite actually, because it's similar to the, the idea where we say, um, you give if you've got a task to do, you give it to someone who's already busy. It's kind right. of a bit of that kind of uh, that kind of weird paradox that um, the person who is yeah who looks like they're working so hard where they are they're the perfect person to pinch for your <laughs> for sure. your plans or your organization. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. That's really quite cool, actually. Yeah. Um, it, go on. Go ahead, Frank. I was just going to say if 
if I'm looking for someone to do a task, I'm not going to look around and say, oh, that person's been waiting for a task. I'm going to look around and, and say, oh, there's a person that I've seen, you know, do well in this way and, and grow in this way and, and do this opportunity. And so uh, another thing I've, I've learned, especially with millennials, is um, it, just to say yes as much as you can, because yes gives you experience. It opens the door. It allows you. Um, just to to interact and in, in, in grow in, in your uh, professional career. Fantastic. I love that. I love that. I feel lucky to have you on the call, Frank, because many kind of guests that we have and um, youth leaders especially and people who are involved in ministry, they tend to have um, more the experience of the practical kind of implementation. But why I'm excited to have you on the call is because you, you started by saying you're involved in sales. And so I'm thinking promotion, marketing, those type of things. Maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but what is the, is there any tricks to that? Because sometimes we're very good at maybe the planning of the event, but then we may fall down. I know in my experience, I fell down with exactly that, the promotion or the making sure we've got the numbers or the, the more... Um, administrative sales side of things so give us some kind of so basically i'm asking specifically your role give us some keys to what makes your role work smoothly sure yeah great question so my title is sales director and i i disliked it from the start and well i wanted to be uh director of church relations or anything about a relationship because i don't see any of this as sales um and uh, another thing I've heard is is people um, really just enjoy working with people that they uh, have a relationship with. Mm. And so we meet people face to face. We try and build uh, connections because that's really what we're in the business of doing. We're not really we're not a hotel chain. You know, if you mm. wanted to, if you wanted a hotel, you could do that. But what we're looking to do is actually get to know the church and the needs and then find ways that we can partner with you in ministry. We know we're not the local church, and so the relationship comes um, through the local church, and we just want to equip and support you the best way that we can. So I guess uh, to the youth pastor listening, what's the best promotional thing to do is is relationships. And if you're like, hey, I'm a youth pastor of— 500. I don't have time for that. Well, can you delegate that out? Um, there's some research that's been done about churches that are growing and especially growing with um, growing into like younger populations. So most mm -hmm. churches grow older in, in age, but these are churches that are either recruiting young people or encouraging young people to be fruitful and multiply where the median age is getting lower. And what they found is what's common, a common thread in all of those churches are they are authentic. They build relationships with their uh, congregations and uh, they, they help people be just like known and loved. And they're not necessarily the most flashy or cool churches out there, um, mm -hmm. but they're authentic. And so, Again, to the youth pastor out there trying to, to fill a program or, or keep kids around, I think authenticity and, and just spending time getting to know the kids goes a long way. And you don't have to be the coolest person out there. You just have to be someone who's relational. You see, the problem is, Frank, that you've, you've not given us a hack or a secret there. In fact... <laughs> You've actually said to us, oh, no, no, there's no shortcuts to this. You have to do 
the hard work of relationship building. Is is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what I see when I when I read about Jesus is he's building relationships with people and um and and that's kind of what I've seen in, in person too, is when you have an authentic relationship, you're going to get that committed uh, person as well. Fantastic. Love that. Excellent. So, all right, you, you are probably very busy with your role and we um, as volunteers, a lot of the people who listen to this, um, this podcast are volunteers themselves. So they're balancing um, maybe uh, their role in the church or their ministry also with work, family commitments and all the other things that life kind of throws at us. Is there like any tr- tips or tricks on or, or resources that you use to help with your schedule and organize, organizing um, that you can kind of suggest to us that could help us? Don't get married. Don't have kids. and on that note 50% of my listeners hung up (laughs) (laughs) no no I'm kidding Um, I mean well that is definitely a perk of of ministry when you are still in that single stage Mm -hmm. where uh, you just have a lot more you can give to the Lord Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually just picked up a new life planner that I'm going to try in 2018 so I'll let you know how it works out Um, but what's interesting is in ministry a lot of times we try and split work and family life like any other career and I don't think that really works in ministry and it kind of makes sense that um, you know if we're in ministry that's kind of our heart and soul and so where other people can separate themselves from work for me, it's something way more closer in in my my heart. And so, um, what this new planner does, it's it's. Um, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't mind the promotion. It's called the Spring Hill Planner, um, okay. and it's out of a camp in Michigan that I uh, bumped into. But it it basically com- just takes your whole work life, your personal goals, uh, your work goals, and combines them all into one uh, planner and then helps you kind of accomplish those throughout the seasons. Wow, love that. So you jokingly mentioned something um, at the beginning of your answer, which we're going to look a bit closer into now. Because um, it's funny that in terms of, life and where we are in life so being single having a family and what it allows us to do how can you so basically I have found that it's only when you're on the other side that you realize you often realize oh gosh I could have done all of this or or, for example I never realized how easy it was to have one child until I had two children and then I realized oh that was simple now it's difficult so how have you managed I mean are you so your comment at the are you married do you have children just for our listeners out there no sir right okay so how have you come to the understanding um to appreciate this time in your life how did that realization come to you without having to see the other side you know Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been single for a long time, so I've had a lot of time to think about it. Uh, so I'm, I'm 30, I turned 30 this year. And, uh, basically what happened is I've, I've kind of been in this place where, you know, I've been, uh, single trying to, to figure out what the Lord has for me in this time. And then, um, kind of got tired of going to holidays, 
by myself. And then my family kind of um, split up. My, my, my parents stayed in Ohio where I grew up. My, I have a brother in Denver and I have another brother in San Diego and I'm here in Texas. So holidays are really hard. And uh, we were looking at Thanksgiving and I was like, you know, tickets are so inflated to fly anywhere on Thanksgiving. Why am I spending $400 to go see, to go to Ohio, which is super boring. Um, and, and so uh, we talked as a family and we decided we're going to do a family uh, Christmas and, and Thanksgiving in January. And that way we can fly for a hundred bucks, which is way nicer. And we can go to a vacation destination, which is way more fun than Ohio. Um, but then of course, you tell people that and they're like, well, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? You can't be alone, um, which mm. is where this opportunity just fell in my lap to do uh, a missions trip, uh, which I've done before. And it really was this last year, uh, this last missions trip, I was at the in the Amazon and just had this chance encounter the day before Thanksgiving uh, to get in a wooden canoe with uh, a 20-year-old kid and some of his friends. And he took me about 30 minutes up the Amazon River to where he goes fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm doing this, as I'm, you know, with him and and watching the birds go by and like kind of the surreal experience of mm. I am on a boat in the middle of the rainforest. <laughs> um, this kid could kill me at any time. Um, you know, you, just, you have no idea. Of course. Uh, and then, um, well, we, we fish and then he points into the, the, the forest and says something to my translator. And my translator says, we're going through the woods. You won't die. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I, I had the opportunity the day before Thanksgiving to hike through the rainforest, which mm. I mean, as a, I never thought that'd be some something the Lord would have me do. Uh, and then of course, you know, that's all, all fun and great, but, um, was able to build a relationship with these, uh, individuals in Brazil and, um, give them, uh, we actually sat down and had about a two hour Bible study about the book of John and through some, some stories in, in that, in that, uh, book and, um, having that opportunity mm-hmm. to disciple them. And they had never heard that before. And so, yeah. I mean, uh, they, they did not accept Christ that day, but they, they definitely said, wow, we are, you know, our, our minds have been open to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're interested. And then the organization I was with, of course, has people that follow up, um, with those who interact with. But really, somewhere on that river, um, going to this place so that I wasn't going to die or coming back from it, um, <laughs> is, is where I just kind of realized, wow, there are so many people right now posting that iconic photo around the Thanksgiving table with their families. Mm. And for me, the Lord just hasn't worked it out that way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many people would love to have this iconic experience and will never have that opportunity. And so right. it really is that, that where does the grass I'm standing on? Let's water that right now. Frank, I absolutely love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. We love stories here on the podcast. So yeah, it really just brings, brings to mind just this, this juxtaposition, this position that a lot of people are in where they are, do find it hard to appreciate where they are. I don't. Maybe it's a human thing. It's just it's it's just difficult. But I really do think if we can find that 
moment of clarity for where we are. I think it just makes us happier people. Absolutely. I think it's it's technology, really. Mm-hmm. If you go back to, I mean, not, not the cell phone, but if you go mm-hmm. back to the corded phone, mm-hmm. um, what, what did people do before that? It was their town and, mm-hmm. you know, the radio. And if you go back, you know, even before that, People mm-hmm. would, were forced to not compare because there was nothing to compare to. Oh, Where today, I mean, think about the number of times you are asked to compare yourself with someone else, whether it's a passing billboard <laughs> or even when we are bored, we get on Instagram and find out what other people are doing. We're like, yeah. well, here I am bored in my lowest point and I'm seeing their <laughs> highest point. So, of course, uh-huh. we're discontent because we're yeah. spending so much time comparing. Gosh. Frank, 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 you, you've made us both happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, gosh, it is such a big challenge and so true. Okay, so how are we going to, how can we transmit this to our young people? Let's, so we've now accepted this, you've now accepted this, um, as, as this, this call, I guess, to water the, the ground where you are. How do we then transmit that to our young people? Oh, man, that is the million dollar question. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, again, the first thing that comes to mind is, as you, you know, I'm a relationship minded individual mm-hmm. saying, hey, the best opportunity is going to be a teachable moment where mm-hmm. you have one kid and one youth leader or, um, you know, one volunteer having one conversation where the kid is is discontent about something. And, and you know, that youth leader can can share some personal experiences and and help the kid understand um and then of course the the blanket answer is pointing them to the lord um which you know i wish there was something simpler some sort of tip or trick i could give you but that's kind of been my my latest um go at it where i say hey i'm just gonna use any any platform i have whether it's a social media platform or mm-hmm. my interactions at, at a, a restaurant or a store or, or a conversation with a friend uh to promote christ and so just using any and every opportunity to talk about um the hope that we have and basically praying and hoping that these students uh, come to that understanding as well, because they're only going to find it uh, in Christ. Amazing. Absolutely love it. I love it, love it, love it. Okay, give us now uh, a, a book or a resource, change in pace slightly. Um, a book or a resource, something that you lean on in times when... Um, you're looking for motivation or inspiration. Obviously, that's how I came across you. I was searching around the, the YS website and um, came across uh, one of your articles. And, um, you know, obviously that's a great source for inspiration and motivation and just, just great ideas. But um, where do you go for your kind of inspiration? Is there anything yeah. you can do as, as a go-to? Yeah, so right now I'm... Uh... I'm tracking through the book of Mark, which uh, everyone knows is available to them. But also um, there's another book I'm reading. It's called Come and See by Todd Wagner. Um, And that's my pastor here in Dallas. And so I've been tracking through that book. And really, it just takes a lot of uh, truths. He's such a wise guy and um, helps me to just remain focused. Fantastic, fantastic. And in closing, because I can't believe that we've, we've reached the end already, maybe just 
um, tell us a little bit more about how we can get in contact with you if we want to reach out to your organization? Um, what's the best way to do all of that? Sure. The best way to get in contact with me would be through my uh, Instagram, which is just uh, speaking quite frankly. Um, as my name is Frank, it just seemed pretty fitting. Uh, you can see uh, some of the places the Lord has taken me and then also just some of the ways that I, I try to be humorous, but also, also um, point people to the Lord um, on there. And so just speaking quite frankly is the best place and we could talk about uh, work or ministry related things on there. Fantastic. Excellent. And before you go, leave us with the one, if you could only... Leave, if, you, if this whole conversation didn't happen and you could have only left us with one piece of advice for ourselves and for our ministry, what would that piece of advice be? Just one singular, last, fleeting piece of advice. Oh, my goodness. I, know, I, I, know. I really wish you would have set me up with that. I know. Uh. I know we pile on pressure. But the thing is, Frank, I... Don't want you to think about it too much. I want it. I want it to be that thing that punched you right in the gut when I said that question. It just came into your mind. Well, I, I actually I opened up an app on my my phone where I keep funny things or you know quotes I found along the way that have been inspiring or funny, and so oh, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull from that. But I actually I found this floating around the internet somewhere. But it, it's um it breaks my heart that pirates spend their lives looking at a map when the real treasure is the friendships they make along the way. And so, uh, whatever that means to you, but you know, focus on on the, your surroundings, not trying to get to the end goal. It's about the journey. Frank, thank you so much for being an absolutely amazing guest on the Youth Workshop Podcast, and thank you for speaking frankly. Absolutely, thank you. Swoosh all net thank you so much frank that was an absolute slam dunk of an interview thank you for taking the time to be with me really excited and ladies and gentlemen workshoppers if you are tired of doing youth ministry alone you want some help some advice you want to be part of a loving community that helps one another join the youth workshop facebook group and let's be that for one another until next time workshoppers create an impact with your influence